Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. I'm here with Linda Oliver. Linda, how's it going? Hey, it's going good, John. And I'm also here with Kurt Cooper. Kurt, how's it going? I'm back. (laughs) Good to see you, John. It's good to see you, Linda. (laughs) Yeah, it it has been a little while, Kurt, since you've been on on the podcast. Um, Yeah, yeah. John is so desperate for ratings. He was like, we've got, we need listeners. We need someone to come in with some hot takes. So I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't be sure, but it just looked like our ratings had taken a dip, you know, since <laughs> your absence. And it's like, man, okay. I, it's just too much of a shot to my ego. I just had to have Kurt back on uh, to save the show. Um, so look, over the last several weeks, uh, we've talked a lot about social media and we've talked a lot about maybe more uh, sobering and heavy topics. And so maybe this is a little more lighthearted. I mean, without a doubt, we'll get into some worldview stuff that's going to um, be sobering, Um, but we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. And in many ways, we kind of missed our window to do that. If we were very on top of things and trendy, we would have recorded this like at the night of the Super Bowl. Right. And so we're a little removed from uh, when it occurred and uh, there's, you know, some, uh, dialogue about certain things that, that have happened since then that we might be able to to comment on more specifically. Um, Linda, Kurt, did you both watch the Super Bowl? I watched like the second half. I got home from actually a church service um, right around the time of halftime. So I got to catch last few minutes of the second quarter and then halftime show and then everything going forward from that. So I had to go back and like watch a bunch of the commercials afterwards, but Mm -hmm. that's how much of the game I watched. Okay. Kurt, what about you? Uh, I had worship evening worship as well. Uh, and, uh, we got back, um, right as the analysis part of halftime was ending and Usher was about to like take the stage for the halftime show. So I saw, all of halftime. And then I was kind of distracted because uh, we try to get our boys into bed and, and do all that. But I, I watched most of the second half and I did not go back and see any of the first half because there was only one touchdown and I was not, <laughs> I don't know. I just wasn't dying to see the commercials. So I, I, I'm probably the least informed on this podcast as far as what happened in the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't know about that. And I mean, as I've heard many people, uh, yeah, sports analysis, uh, talking about the game, uh, um, yeah, it was a boring game for the most part. I mean, everything seemed to happen in the fourth quarter and overtime, right? So it was just kind of a slower game and, and a little lower sco- scoring than, uh, what they uh, had expected. Um, John, you know, I, John, can I say something? Because yeah. we're about the same age, right? We're all reasonably close to the same age. And I don't know if you guys remember this. Linda is a lot. Linda's younger than us guys. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Linda, I acknowledge (laughs) it. I'm not trying to age you higher than you are. Um, But I mean, we're within a decade of each other, if that's fair. So, uh, but I don't know if you remember this when we were younger, John, like I, in my mind, you know, and I haven't gone back to look, but when I was 12, when we were like 11, 12, 13 years old and the Super Bowl kind of became a thing that you were kind of really cognizant of, right? Mm-hmm. They were almost all blowouts. I don't ever yeah. remember like yeah. really good games. Yeah, and you're right. I, I'm not trying to say like this generation is spoiled or something. I mean, I'm not trying to say that, but it, I am in some ways trying to say that in recent memory, they've been really, really close games and exciting and maybe they haven't been like high scoring affairs but they've been kind of thrilling endings and and close endings where the game is in the balance and Mm -hmm. uh you know anyway i just really appreciate that uh because i remember you know like the chargers getting beaten by the 49ers like 55 to nothing or something like that and it was just like over at halftime so yeah that's kind of a good thing I guess. No, I, I'm really glad you're bringing that up because I, I had forgotten. You're exactly right. It was just kind of like, I mean, it was, and I, I can remember even Jay Leno making a joke of um, just how the Super Bowl was never lived up to all the hype. And it was just kind of like you said, one-sided. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, there were, I think of the, uh, uh, who was it? Titans and Rams. Was that it where they were? Oh, yeah. 1999. On the, one, on the one, you know, reaching out, mm-hmm. trying to get the, the goal line. And that was one that was, yeah. I mean, one of the better ones. And then after that, it's just, there, there's been consistently good, good games. Um, so, you know, I said, we weren't going to talk about something, anything serious, but there is part of me that just thinks as we're recording this, um, we have the knowledge that, you know, there was the shooting that took place at the mm. parade with the chiefs. Um, mm. I have not followed the news, um, much about this, but I did see just a headline about this. H- have either of you heard about this and do you know any details? Um, it seemed like I saw something like 22 people were, were shot. Is, is that right? Mm. Correct? Can any, either of you confirm this? Well, I've, I've seen the same things you've seen. So, that one person has died, but there was, uh, well, as of last night, one person had died and there were maybe eight or nine people who were in like critical or life threatening condition. And that this, and again, this is speculation. So don't hold me to this, but that this was not a, uh, an attack uh, on the parade, but instead was some kind of dispute where mul- and multiple people were shooting, but at each other. Um, but again, I don't know a lot about that. So I, all I, I'm all I have is what I read last night before I went to bed. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I just, I don't know. I felt like we, since we have the knowledge that this event occurred to at least acknowledge it. And mm. I mean, just the horrific thing, you know, you think of a parade, a city celebrating something like this, and then to have something like this happen. And, and sadly, um, you know, I see that and it's not as shocking as it probably should be because mm. this kind of stuff is somewhat common um, to have these, you know, mass shootings and uh, acts of violence like this occur. Um, but, you know, as like I said, I just felt like we at least had to acknowledge this. Um, I was thinking, you know, we're, we're going to transition to talking about the commercials. We might talk about the game a little bit more, halftime, uh, some of the movies that were, you know, um, uh, premiered, the movie trailers. Uh, but look, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about that. All right, everybody, uh, we are back uh, talking about the Super Bowl and everything kind of related to the Super Bowl. Um, Kurt uh, and Linda, I want you to jump into. I know you, you did not um, see the game as much, but there's discussion about the overtime. Um, I, I did hear that the 49ers came out and said they were not aware of the new rules. Did you guys see that? That they well, were confused by the new rules. Um, I did not read that. I, I, what I read was an article that said that they had decided that they had decided um, before, but at the beginning of the playoffs, so that they were going to be in overtime, that they would take the ball first uh, if they had the opportunity. And I, I only brought that up with John b- beforehand when we knew we were going to record this, just to say that. It's so easy to criticize decisions that are made in the moment. Uh, But oftentimes what I see is people criticizing the decision, but it's based on the knowledge that they have now about how it's going to work out. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, you know, that's something that my church history professor in seminary, uh, Dr. Hoffecker would have us do is he would have us write these, these papers where we were, where we would talk about big decisions that were made in the history of the church, but we were not allowed to use any information um, that happened afterwards, right? Any of the results. Instead, we would just go on the information that that person had at the time when they were making that decision um, or that group of people had. And, um, you know, I, uh, I think you could, it's one of those things. I mean, it's, it's a sports game, right? But it also is like a high holy day for, the country in some ways, it's like a secular, um, Christmas in some ways. And, uh, and people want to like say what they would do or what they wouldn't do. And, and I just think that what they're, what the San Francisco coach said is, look, we made a decision. It didn't work out the way we wanted, but I think the decision was the right decision at the time. I just thought that was refreshing to hear, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, obviously, you know, he's not just sitting on his couch making this decision in the spur of the moment. 
Um, but that's kind of how it's treated by those of us who are sitting on the couch. It's kind of interesting. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also we've got the news that, uh, the 49ers did fire their defensive coordinator, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, there's that. Uh, so look, let's, um, let's talk about commercials a little bit. I mean, we might jump back into the game a little bit as well, but, uh, Linda, you said you had to go back and watch some commercials that you missed. Um, any commercials that, that stuck out to you, any specifics that you want to kind of, um, highlight of those commercials? Yeah, there were, um, I think a couple that stood out to me the most just for our purposes, um, of discussion because they seemed a little bit more aimed at young people. So there was a Snapchat commercial and there was a commercial for Microsoft's AI, which I think is called Copilot. Um, Both those I think were really interesting. Obviously there are lots of other commercials that are just like, Hey, this was funny. It involved the celebrity, whatever, which is um, par for the course in Super Bowl commercials. Um, But yeah, I mean, just to get into the Snapchat commercial, some, um, it's really interesting. Snapchat is trying to market itself as the non-social media, social media app. So um, I'm, I'm yeah, interjecting. Can you briefly explain what the commercial was? I can't mm-hmm. remember that. Um, I didn't know if you were going to do that. So I'd love to hear what it was. Yeah. So it starts out kind of depicting um, what social media is like. And um, it, it kind of devolves into this like, really bad thing. And so it's saying like more, 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 more. So like more likes. And it says more likes, less love, more perfect pictures, less imagination. And with each of these, there's like pictures scrolling through and the further it goes, the worse it gets. And so it's going through things like more influencers means less individuals, more trolls, less compassion, more contrived, less believable, more consuming, less alive, more chaos, less truth. And it, it just builds and builds and ends up, ends up showing even some like violence and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it kind of breaks. And I think new music comes up that's not like building and foreboding. Instead, it's like inspiring. And then it's showing you what Snapchat can be like. And it says less likes, more human, mm-hmm. less perfection, more playful, less public, more private, less permanent, more free, less friends, more friends. Less trolls, more allies, less judgment, more fearless, less likes, more love. And then over and over, it says more love, more love, more love. And then I think the final line is like less social media, more Snapchat. Mm. And it wow. there's a link at the end of the commercial that if you go to that website, it essentially tells the story of social media and Snapchat through this lens and says that... Um, Snapchat was built to be like the antidote to social media and it's built to work just like the way that if we are hanging out in real life together, our conversations would work where they're not permanent. It's like they fade instantly after they happen. Right. And it, it tells this whole story and says, you know, ultimately like it's surrounding ourselves with people who matter most to us that makes us the most happy. We all need more connection. We just need less social media to do it. Mm. Less social media, more Snapchat. And so if if you understand what they're saying, they're saying like, you know what you need, you need connection. And you know how to get that is through less social media. Therefore, the answer is Snapchat. Wow. <laughs> so um, just really, really uh, interesting way for Snapchat to uh, market itself. And yeah. it if you go um, to this commercial on YouTube, you can see a lot of people just kind of laughing at that because they, they see past that message. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just throwing that idea of like, oh, like we do see you need more connection. We're the solution to that instead of what I would rather have us offer teens is like, no, actually let's offer you in-person real life connection. That's not this social media mediated connection. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just real interesting commercial. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it seems like I vaguely remember some of those things popping up and I mean, obviously just Snapchat trying to rebrand itself in some ways. And you wonder who that commercial is for, because maybe it's more aimed at the parents who might have some negative stigma about this. And so they're trying to maybe change some of the messaging there. I mean, you even think about the fact that they were the first uh, social media 
uh, platform that supported the Kids Online Safety Act. And so it's like, okay, are they trying to kind of separate themselves in some ways? And um, I don't know. It's interesting. Kurt, you were about to say something. Well, I'll say that is a definitely a revisionist history version of why Snapchat was created. <laughs> yeah. that is, that's historically recorded and the internet is forever, as some people would say. And we so know that that's us, not, Yeah. What was it? <laughs> uh, the reason why Snapchat was created is so that women could send uh, illicit pictures to men. Um, I mean, that's, this is, this is like, this is not even a, an opinion. This is like clear the people who started it. That's why they started it. So, mm-hmm. and they're on the record. So that is, and, and this, it's funny that, that um, I love what Linda was saying about <laughs> how they're definitely trying to rebrand themselves. And I think the Super Bowl does act kind of like as a, uh, an opportunity for brands um, and companies to, um, to try to change uh, what image uh, whatever image they have. I think you saw this with Bud Light. Um, and, yeah. uh, and you've been seeing it all year in the commercials, but obviously Bud Light was in a very bad way. Uh, wait, did something uh, happen with Bud Light? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. So there's a trans person named, uh, oh, I don't even know. Dylan Mulvaney. Is that it? Okay. Um, Dylan. And, um, this is a, a man who is, transition to be a woman um so this is a man am i am i allowed to say this is a man who's putting on woman face because uh, that's basically what he's doing mm-hmm. um and it uh, is dylan mulvaney just to confirm huh that's the name anyway um not i'm not trying to be harsh i'm just anyway they he was on cans of bud light uh people did not appreciate that a lot of um the constituency that consumes bud light did not appreciate that and Bud Light became almost unsellable. I think at some point in 2023, this happened. Yeah, and you can just see how they have they're they are really going for it um, to try to win back the people that they lost. Uh, the only people in their commercials now are football stars, right? Peyton Manning, uh, Emmitt Smith. Um, these are the uh, they they have and, and like Snapchat, maybe they're trying to position themselves in a way that isn't doesn't align with the historical reality of who they are uh in order i mean but it's advertising that's what you're you know it's it is you're influencing people or trying to influence people or um convince people so anyway that's an that was one of the ads that i saw they had a couple of ads in the super bowl but that was one of the ads that i saw that kind of stuck out to me it's like look at these guys they're trying to they're trying to change the way they perceived and imagine that's doing that too yeah um, so look, I, I'm going to run through quickly, just a, a lot of the commercials that were, that were there. I don't know if these are all of them, but just uh, a, a lot of them, I'm just going to try to bullet point these and then we can jump back and maybe hit some of these, but, um, Popeye's, uh, had a commercial and the interesting thing about that, that's the first commercial they've ever had in the Super Bowl, And they've been around for, you know, decades, um, Skechers with Mr. T and Tony Rim, <laughs> um, Oreos. You remember twist on it? I thought that was an interesting thing. They were making a decision by twisting the Oreo on whichever side that the cream was on. No Oreo ever twists that. Perfectly. I know. Goodness, come on. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Linda. Okay. I don't. I I don't want to burst your bubble, but you know, like the hamburgers they show online too. Those are those don't, don't really look like that when you order them at Burger King. <laughs> it would be funny though to have some kind of parody commercial to where we're actually doing that. And like the wafers are breaking and the creams on both sides. Um, that you know, SNL they they need to do something right. Um, Reese's where they're adding caramel to the Reese's buttercups and everybody's freaking out and they like destroy the house and all that. And that, that's a, that's a little funny. Um, okay. Let's, let's come back to this. Maybe he gets us. Uh, we had the, he gets us Uh-oh. campaign with the washing mm-hmm. the feet. I mean, that probably is something to talk about. There's the Doritos with Jenna Ortega, uh, T-Mobile where they have a ton of celebrities trying to get the magenta status and what that means to get a, a, the magenta status with T-Mobile um, Hellman's, you had the cat meowing, like the Mayo cat, uh, <laughs> for Hellman's Eminem, uh, the almost champions. And then you had, you know, the, the, uh, NFL players who did not win the Super Bowl, but then you also had Scarlett Johansson thrown in there who lost two Oscars, uh, the booking.com with Tina Fey, uh, Dr. Umstick for the drumstick, you know, Love that. 
<laughs> love, love that. <laughs> um, Pringles with Chris Pratt, that he has a mustache where he looks like the Pringles guy. You had Mountain Dew, you had Squarespace with Martin Scorsese uh, appearing at the end. E-Trade Babies, Starry. I'd love to talk about Starry as a drink because I have no idea how this drink has become popular and what the origins are, if you guys know Sierra that. Mist. Huh? It's Sierra Mist. It's a really? rebrand of Sierra Mist. Gotcha. Okay. I was just like, all of a sudden, Starry was there. I'm like, where did this come from and how is it actually competing with other brands? So they no longer make Sierra Mist. That's right. My students told me that, actually. We were playing a game where you had to name sodas and someone named Starry. And I said, that I'm not giving you credit for that. It's not a drink. And then they like pulled it up on their phone and they were like, it's the new Sierra Mist. They got rid of Sierra Mist. It's called Starry. And so I had to I had to eat crow there and, and give them their yeah. point. So. Yeah. yeah. Linda, did you know that? No. And I haven't seen this commercial. So yeah, okay. this is all news to me. Well, and, and somebody, I don't know, was it like a pop star that was on the Starry commercial? Um, but yeah, Starry, it's, it's been around just good luck. To them. I mean, Sprite has that corner, like locked down harder than, mm-hmm. I mean, congrats to Coke. They've got Sprite, like just doing everything they need to do. <laughs> but that's the thing is you, you got seven up. <laughs> yeah, oh, please. Linda. <laughs> Heck, I'm more of a seven up than I drive Linda drives an Oldsmobile and drinks seven up. <laughs> I don't drink any soda, so that's true. Um yeah, I'm out of the soda game, but Dr. Pepper was always my favorite. Uh, I just have a soft place in my heart for tab, you know, if it's still out there trying to it's do not, some things. But <laughs> um, uh, so look, there was Uber Eats, Oikos yogurt, you had uh what was it, Martin Lawrence and uh uh Shannon Sharp, and he like picks up the golf cart to get it out of the um, <laughs> the pond. Uh, you had Stoke, I think, cold brew coffee, where you had Anthony Hopkins being a serious actor, and then he like puts on a um, mascot and costume, and he's like running around. Um, oh, you had the RFK Junior commercial, which uh, he's received a lot of pushback from that, and it's been controversial because it directly mirrored a JFK commercial, and so a lot of the Kennedy family has been outspokenly just angry that the fact that he did that. And so he's come out and he's apologized. Um, so there's that. Uh, so the one I did not mention is the Dunkin' Donuts and it was, uh, referred to as the Dunkings and you had, uh, Ben Affleck, you know, some Bostonians, uh, you had Matt Damon, you had, uh, Tom Brady. Um, and then you had that influencer. Did y'all say Charlie Diamillo, what, Emilio, what is yeah. it? And and you had, uh, well, Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez is in that, and Jack Harlow is in it. Uh, and I'm trying to remember who else there. Uh, some famous movie producer, I mean, music producer, was in there too. Yeah. And I don't remember who it is. I didn't recognize him immediately, but I think some people would have recognized him. Well, so. and that's the thing is, um. You know, this Dunkings uh, commercial, uh, there's an extended cut online that's, you know, mm-hmm. four plus minutes. And the vast majority of these commercials are that way. It's kind of like they, these are the, you know, the uh, little commercial spots are like the gateway drug to the go mm-hmm. online. Everybody knows. It. And let me just ask the two of you, do you know how much commercials cost this year, Linda? or Kurt? 30 seconds was $7 million, right? That's right. Yes, seven yeah. million. And so even, you know, as we get into some of the movie trailers, maybe in a minute as well, you, you had 30 seconds and then it's like, hey, for more, go online, you know? Well, I would just say about the the Dunkin' Donuts commercial, self-deprecation always plays. It does. It really does. And there's, I mean, there's a nice little hinge there to the gospel, but um but it always plays and Ben Affleck like making fun of himself and Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck making fun of their relationship. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, when she says, when she like whispers into the studio microphone, we talked about this, like, (laughs) um, and, 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 and Matt and Matt Damon is how you like them donuts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, um, it was, it I just, saw that extended and I didn't know if that I couldn't remember and him yes yeah, saying that and then immediately apologizing is, yeah. <laughs> it just plays it just plays and it plays because um these celebrities are given a status that they honestly have not earned and do not deserve and they know it right and when they acknowledge that they are 
really blessed to be in the position they are, but that they are also just as goofy and ridiculous as any other human you meet. It is endearing, right? It is. It's endearing. And, and people respond to that. And, um, and yeah, so, uh, well played by Ben Affleck. I thought it was hilarious. Well, and I might push back and say a, a status that uh, they haven't earned and they know it. I, I think some of them, you know, well, they, they absolutely think they've earned the status and, um, whatever comes to them, but, well, uh, I think, them, well, maybe so, but I think that there are, I'd like to think that there are celebrities. I mean, I've just heard enough interviews with celebrities who yeah. understand that, um, that they are not what their press clippings make them out to be. And, and the older they get, the more they understand it. Yes. Um, and that they, while they're proud of their work and they think that their work, they might, you know, think that their work is, is good. And, and they stand by at the same time. I don't think anyone really thinks they deserve celebrity um, mm-hmm. or anyone who's had it in my estimation. I've never had it, but for people I've heard talk about it, the people who've had it understand that that part of their uh, life is not a part that they, um, that they really think anyone should have or is oh, good yeah, for yeah. anyone. Mm-hmm. I, I would totally agree with that. And I mean, enough, as you have said, if they are in it long enough, they typically, mm-hmm. I mean, as we know, nothing's ultimately going to satisfy apart from Christ. And they have tasted that they have, you know, been at the top, they've had all the money they've had, whatever. And they realize this is not all that it's cracked up to be. So with, without a doubt. And I mean, I've actually heard that Ben Affleck says he's a Christian now because he has, you know, he was in rehab for a while. I mean, he was, you know, just, uh, alcoholic and all kinds of stuff and has just been broken through the years. And I mean, you know, he, you know, was the, the Benefer thing when he and JLo were first dating and was kind of in all the movies and then his celebrity just tanked and he was not around. And, you know, finally uh, came back and won an Oscar as a director. And um, yeah, it, it seems like there's just, he's kind of been broken and humbled. And um, so without a doubt, I'd, I'd agree with that, Kurt. Jim, um, Jim Carrey has a great, yes. Um, I, I, I know you've heard, I know you've heard it, but in case someone that's listening hasn't, that he talks about, he wishes that everyone could be famous for, um, for a little while so that they would realize just how empty it is. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, Linda, do you want to jump in on Dunkings or anything else with commercials uh, that I mentioned? Can I, can I ask Linda a question? Yeah. Cool. Yes. This is sure. your podcast, John, but I want to ask Linda a question. <laughs> Linda, Walk me through how you process he gets us. Oh, man. Mm. Um, That's a a tough question. I, so I I don't actually know at what point of the Super Bowl it aired. I saw it later, um, but I really didn't, like, I don't feel like I looked at it very deeply. So I can't even remember what all of the images were. It's like I saw it once and that was it. Um. I don't know. It's just so um, it's interesting to watch all of the reactions to it um, Mm. because there are a lot of people that, you know, I think what they're trying to do is give a message about Jesus that might compel people that are seeking. Right. And um, certainly a commercial like that could do that. Um, and you see people on having kind of two strong reactions to it, either like, wow, that's so amazing. They did such a good um, job of, of creating a message like that. And people will know um, about Jesus because of this. And then you see other people that, um, I don't know, like want to come in and uh, uh, police the message and be like, that's not really that's not really theologically um, up to our standards and all this stuff. Um, And then there's also the conversation about, is that the best way to spend $7 million? (laughs) Um, And I don't like, I don't know that I have. Especially when they could give $7 million to the local youth worker podcast. Right. Right. That would, that would be a wonders. (laughs) Um, So 
I don't know. It's one of those things too, where almost going back to your example of like, it's really easy to criticize decisions that you didn't have to make. Mm. Like I just, you know, will never, as far as I know, be someone that has $7 million to spend on something like that. And so I have no idea like what kinds of decisions I would be making about how to invest those dollars for the kingdom if I had that kind of capital behind me. Um, and I don't know like how they came to that decision, but it's like, I don't, I don't know if they didn't spend a lot of time praying and be like, gosh, we just really feel like this is what the Lord is like leading us to do. And I think that it's healthy for us to have space to go like, you know what, that's not what I would have done. But how do I know that like, that's not what the Lord called them to do? And did they do it perfectly? Perhaps not. But have I ever done anything the Lord called me to do perfectly? Perhaps not either. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just think that there's space for us to all go like, let's not be so critical about those sorts of things. Um, even if we would have made other decisions on how to invest the money or uh, how to portray the message or whatever. John, yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. In relation to what Linda just said, because obviously I've heard a lot of the criticism that she references to the ads, to the spending and all of that. Um, do you think that there is a significant portion of evangelicalism, Christianity, however you want to describe it, that are so on edge about the message of Jesus being distorted in any way because of things that have happened in the culture that they can't even appreciate something like he gets us because they're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Is that, do you think that that's something that's happening or, or what is the animus against, against stuff like that other than the money, which I think is a valid. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. We also have to remember that, Judas, (laughs) Judas, <laughs> Judas and the, the ointment, right? Um, yeah, right? Be very careful about um, that. But uh, anyway, talk yeah. a little bit about that. Cause I think it'd be well, interesting to hear what you think. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think we as Christians have to know, I mean, stating the obvious, we follow in the footsteps of a man who was misunderstood, right? Mm. Um, everything. He was the perfect teacher and people did not understand him. Right. And so um, just Christianity is always going to be, you know, surrounded in misunderstanding. <clears throat> it's always going to be surrounded in arguments, um, discussions. I mean, let's say, you know, healthy arguments. I mean, there's, you know, theology matters, doctrine matters, and it is very easy to miscommunicate truth about the Trinity, truth about the person of Jesus. Um, and we, you know, I want to say on the more positive side of criticism is you've got earnest Christians out there saying, okay, can we get behind this message? Is this something that's, that's good. Um, but then you've got, you know, the negative side of criticism, those who are just always seemingly always looking for an argument, looking for something to fight about, looking for something to disagree on and are just kind of watching those commercials with, you know, a, a negative critical spirit and they're just ready to pounce on it. And, I am not commenting on this specific commercial during the Super Bowl because as Linda said, I, I don't I remember seeing it, but I don't remember every aspect of it. And I would want to go back and look at every frame of it before I commented on that. <clears throat> but I do think maybe you know, similar, and I, I, this is kind of risky saying similar to Snapchat, but I think you've got people trying to you know rebrand Jesus to the culture. And mm. we can say in a positive way, um, you know, people, oftentimes Christians are not depicted in the most positive lights uh, in our culture and in pop culture, all that kind of stuff. And so maybe some of the motives behind these commercials are saying, hey, look, the Jesus you've heard might not be as accurate as you think. And so let's say that they're trying to get people to see that Jesus was this loving, uh, loving man. And well, uh, so that's a lot. there. I have noticed, um, I, you know, those ads, if you don't watch NFL football, then you might not know that he gets us runs ads on pretty much every NFL game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and 
So I've seen, even though I haven't even seen the Super Bowl version, I could probably guess a lot. I know that there's foot washing involved, and uh, but I could probably guess kind of the theme. But one thing I have noticed, and I think this is where there is some concern, is, and I think you're so wise to bring up the fact that maybe Jesus is trying to be rebranded. That might be a good and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that they don't really ever talk about, and he gets us, is they really kind of stay away from substitutionary atonement, sin, Jesus is our propitiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, redemption. And it's really more about the mercy ministry of Jesus, that he was kind to outcast, that he uh, helped those who were disabled or disenfranchised. And uh, so it's, it's, and again, I don't know who's behind it and I don't know, I haven't done the research on it, but just by watching the ads, cause I have seen them, I have noticed that it has the, it smacks of, um, kind of what we might call liberal Christianity, where we really focus on mercy and we kind of push truth into the closet. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that I think is very important to understand about Jesus is that Jesus never sacrificed one for the other. Uh, he never, you know, he he tells the woman caught in adultery. I know this is probably not in actually in scripture, but he tells a woman caught in adultery neither do I condemn you, but he also says, go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. Right. He, um, he, uh, calls Zacchaeus out of the tree, um, and dines at his house, but also Zacchaeus is moved to change his life Mm -hmm. because of what's happening there, you know? And, and I mean, I think an easy way to talk about if you, Zacchaeus is a story that everyone knows because there's a song that goes with it, but, I would say that what he gets us kind of talks about is Jesus calling Zacchaeus out of the tree. But the truth is is that Jesus had to go up on a tree in order to call Zacchaeus out. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Zacchaeus had got to come out of his because Jesus went up on his and kind of not focusing on that part. And I think that has people on edge. And I don't think that that edge that they're on is necessarily a bad thing to be concerned about. Yeah. At the same time, we do want people to be thinking about Jesus and not just in, uh, we don't want him to be misrepresented. So yeah. really interesting, well, great, great opportunity for youth ministers and ministers of all kinds to talk about um, Christ with people. Yeah. So. And, and to talk about the good and the bad of those, those commercials, yep. because you're exactly right. I mean, Jesus offended people. Jesus mm-hmm. spoke hard mm-hmm. words to people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the same time, we need to say, okay, it's a 30 second commercial or maybe yeah. one minute. So how full or, mm-hmm. you know, the gospel can you communicate? Um, I, I'm waiting for the, he gets us where they're like, Jesus called a woman, a dog, <laughs> um, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, that's, yeah. you know, that, <laughs> Let's see. Let's see how that one plays. Yeah, I, I just make this is not play on the actual podcast format, but I'm making my class shrugging. Like, shrugging, shrugging like, yeah. Okay, well, there we go. Um, I do want to say let, let's um let's move on to maybe halftime show. One kind of last comment I just want to make about the commercials. You know, all of those that I listed. It's interesting to think just how many celebrities were in those and how many just not just one celebrity, but many celebrities. And it's just, it's interesting to me that, you know, I think of the cameos that used to take place in movies uh, and it cameos used to be significant and now they're not. I mean, it's like anytime someone famous shows up in a movie, it's just kind of almost expected. And it's just interesting that these commercials, you know, spend $7 million and they get all these celebrities, but how much does it actually help the product? And it just kind of seems like white noise now because it's so, common. And I guess we just kind of, in some ways, I feel like social media has kind of fed that. Um, halftime show. Did you guys, Linda, you said you came in and the halftime show was going on. Um, thoughts on it was, it was, it was about to start. So I did see the whole halftime show. Okay. Thoughts on the halftime show, Linda. Gosh, I don't, I have not thought about this very hard. Um, I we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. Honestly, if you want to know what was going on in my mind as he was like, I don't know how far it was into this, but I was like, huh, Usher's dance moves remind me of Justin Timberlake's dance moves. 
<laughs> That's what I was thinking. And then I looked up and I was like, how far are they apart in age? And it turns out that Usher's about two and a half years older than him. And then I was remembering, I was like, man, I remember Usher's You Got It Bad song from eighth grade. Mm. And uh, like, he's still making music. He's 45 years old now. Is he not? Um, <laughs> do what? Is he still making music? Is he not? I guess it's, it's debatable. Yeah. Is that called music? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't like, um, there, there were a lot of, there was definitely moments later in the performance where I was like, I think that's somebody that I should know, but I don't know who that is. Um, and I'm kind of shocked that Linda is a huge little John fan, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there were so many other people he brought out. Like I had to ask one of my friends, I was like, was that somebody significant? And you were like, she, she, she was like, you don't know who that is. My mom even knew who that was. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, I guess I just, I don't know, but it's a, yeah, I, I think I didn't realize how long Usher had been around and kind of this legacy he has in the R and B world. And, you know, he can still do all of that at 45, just like Rihanna last year could do all that she did like while she was pregnant. Yeah. So like, I mean, you've got some talent out there, um, Mm -hmm. but I'm I'm not, I'm not the first person to make this. Uh, to notice this, but there was a player for the 49ers who tore his ACL just like jogging onto the field. Yeah. Crazy. And then like Usher and like 10 other people are out there on roller skates and somehow mm-hmm. they're fine. And I just don't understand it. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it Trey Greenlaw or Dre Greenlaw? I can't remember, but yeah, he, he tore his AC. I mean, his, uh, his Achilles. Yeah. That was um, the, the only two thoughts I really had about the halftime uh, was uh, one, it wasn't that good. And two, uh, Usher hasn't aged in 20 years. Like he, he looks the same. It is uncanny just how young he still looks. Um, well, John, I mean, I think we have to say it. Usher, Usher knows more about has forgotten more about music than I'll ever know. Yes. Yeah. Um, totally. but he, as far as Super Bowl ads, uh, acts go, Super Bowl halftime acts. He just doesn't have the same number of hits. His catalog is not nearly as big as, I mean, people who have performed in the halftime show would be U2, Rihanna, Coldplay. Uh, yeah, you know. Dr. Dre, Eminem. Yeah, yeah. Like the, these people have, Beyonce, these people have, we're talking about a caliber of artists that's very difficult to, that's a really high bar to get over mm-hmm. where they have not just two or three number one hits, but sometimes more than 10 like classics that everyone knows. Yeah. And uh, by the way, a great idea for a podcast at some point, uh, or I don't say a great idea, but an idea that I had recently is to just to go on Spotify and pull up the billions club. Mm. The number of songs have been streamed a billion times and just pay attention to who has a lot of songs on there. I think it would be interesting make you feel really old too, but let's, let's do it. You and I, I mean, uh, well, you're, you're back on. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, 2025, I'll get you on there. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like he just doesn't, I don't know if it was that bad of a show or if he just didn't have the catalog to really maintain people's attention for however long that is, you know? Yeah. No, no, I, I, I think that's that. valid for sure. As well as just his audio, it was hard to kind of hear him at times, um, which mm-hmm. let's, be honest, it's hard to dance around and sing at the same time to his on roller skates. I don't think we're emphasizing it enough on roller skates. Uh, when I saw them all coming out, I'm like, man, this could go really bad really quick. Like <laughs> if we had to do this podcast on roller skates, I don't know if all of us would make it through. <laughs> I'm not saying who I, mean, I have been doing it, obviously, but I'm I'm a little more experienced <laughs> at that. Um, I do want to say, I mean, we, I, it's like I want to mention movies just briefly, but we have to talk about Taylor Swift um, at, at some point we're, we're kind of running out of time, but I do want to say, okay, the, the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer, um, you know, and again, it was a short trailer where it said, go online and look at this. Um, I heard somebody commenting on that and they said the trailer had one job and that job was this uh, to convince everyone that Disney isn't ruining this movie because <laughs> um, you know, people were saying, okay, are they going to make Deadpool a PG 13? And they obviously wanted a hard R. And if you look at um, that uh, 
preview, you can tell it's going to be, you know, what the other two in the entry of Deadpool were. And so it's just interesting too. I mean, Disney struggling with its brand as well. And um, this is kind of, I mean, in the, in the trailer, Deadpool says, you know, he is Marvel Jesus <laughs> um, because Marvel is, uh, you know, just left and right having bombs. And it's been that way for a while. And nobody really likes Marvel. Well, he's the savior of this franchise because people, I, I do think it's going to be a big movie because, you know, you've got two others that have been big in this um, Deadpool franchise. But I just thought that's interesting. Uh, Marvel Jesus, that there's still, even if mocking that there's, there's this uh, understanding uh, that Jesus is at least thought to be a savior by people, but uh, you know, I would say written on every human heart. Um, and so it's just interesting how that appears. Um, Kurt, it looks like you're wanting to say something, but <laughs> well, we're going to go far afield here for just a second, but my older son is reading, has been reading the Percy Jackson books and we watched, uh, I watched the Disney has a series uh, on the first, I guess what would be the first book of Percy Jackson. And we watched it together. Um, I told him he could watch it if I could watch it with him just to see what was going on there. And it actually spurned at least one kind of fun conversation. But when Percy Jackson in the story, Percy Jackson finds out he's the son of a Greek God, Poseidon to be exact. And, uh, when his mom tells him that your dad is a God, he looks at her and goes, do you mean Jesus? Um, and, uh, and then they just move on from that. It's kind of played for laughs. Like, but I just thought to myself, what you were just saying is like, yep. Can't get away from it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're mocking, you're still kind of, um, sharing the truth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Taylor Swift, I kind of feel like, uh, there's, excuse me, there's annoyance that we would bring her up just because the NFL has kind of been split on, Hey, she's, she's good for business, right? She's bringing in millions of viewers and all this kind of stuff and a lot of money. Um, but then there's, Hey, this is football. It's quick cutting to her every 30 seconds. Um, but I, you know, I feel like we've got to discuss this, but I do want to say, uh, Linda, why don't you tell us a little something about Taylor Swift? Maybe a fun fact. Mm -hmm. It seems like you have shared on the podcast, but why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit? Yeah. Um, I mean, this has always been a topic of discussion with a lot of students and me through the years, because, of course, as long as I've been in youth ministry, teenage girls have loved and, you could say, worshipped Taylor Swift. And the fact is, she's just a a person. And uh, perhaps I can see this a little more clearly than others in her particular case, because I went to high school with her. (laughs) Um, so it just is so, it's so interesting, like to watch someone that I remember her playing in the talent show and was like, yeah, okay. Like, I guess that's catchy for a freshman in high school, but like, I don't know, whatever, you know? And then she is this like worldwide phenomenon. The Um, most famous woman in the world. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the time, at some point when she was in high school, she had an agent following her around. And I remember hearing secondhand like, oh, she has this agent that, you know, is trying to get footage of her right now because um, they think that she's going to be the next Britney Spears. And I was like, that's that's insane. (laughs) Like, no, this girl's not going to be. And I would say she's I like surpassed Britney Spears. (laughs) So, yeah, they were not wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, that just, that's, that's crazy. I, I can remember, I guess, uh, her last, I don't know if his last album when it came out and, um, you know, I was teaching, uh, 12th graders at the time and I knew you, you went to high school with her and, you know, I became the coolest person because I had that connection with you and you mm-hmm. sent me like high school yearbook pictures with mm-hmm. her and stuff like that. And yeah, it's, it's insane to think of her influence. Um, and obviously the, the connection, uh, she's dating, uh, crybaby Kelsey, I mean, uh, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> um, um, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> Kurt's making a face. Uh, well, can I, can I pivot the conversation for just one second? Cause I don't sure. think any of us are going to have anything too earth shattering to say about Taylor Swift that hasn't been said a million times. 
Um, and you know, there's, we could like go, there are many corridors for us to go down here, like all the way from, um, you know, is there a relationship like designed to encourage people to get vaccinated? Like, you know, like that there, you you just want to go to any corner of the internet. There's all kinds of stuff you could find about all that. But I just want to say really quickly about all this is that my takeaway about Taylor Swift and her involvement in the Super Bowl is this, that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest athlete in our, in our, since Michael Jordan. And I'm, I'm just going to throw this out to you really quickly. I do not understand how he does this. He has all the pressure in the world on him. Okay? He plays the toughest position in sport across all sports. The hardest thing to do is to be a quarterback. Um, his wife no one likes online and is constantly hated. He has two young children who I don't know, you know, when I had two young children, I could barely like make coffee and he, he, he probably has a little bit of help. Yeah. <laughs> his brother, everyone hates and is constantly acting out his dad. I just, he's like a DUI machine to put it mildly. Um, and he maybe be going to prison for a while for the number of DUIs well, he's had. Brother might be as well too. Yeah, his his tight end is dating the most famous woman in the world. Okay, and all of that is going on, and he is somehow able to just like compartmentalize. And even though I don't think that his team was really that good this year, they weren't. Was like, okay, well now we just go win. And I have no idea how he does it. And I, I would, it is baffling to me how, yeah. how, like the mental capacity, I'm not even talking about the athletic skill, which is clearly there, but the ability to compartmentalize that just blows my mind. Yeah. I would agree with a lot of what you just said, but pump the brakes on putting him in Michael Jordan's category. And I know we could spend <laughs> the rest of the podcast like arguing about that, but it's like, the fact that you're mentioning that is showing like he's getting to that point. And yeah, with all the background noise you're just talking about. um, Yeah, it's crazy. And like you said, this was not their best team and they were kind of ruled out. And I, you know, I think it just gets to a, he's gotten to the level where um, there's a mental aspect to this, where the other, the, the opponent is now worried once he steps on the field. And it's like, he messes with people's minds now. Um, the thing, the reason I brought up Crybaby Kelsey is just kind of, and this was the year. I mean, this was the first year where we did see Patrick Mahomes actually lose his composure multiple times. And everybody was saying we're seeing a side of him we have not seen because he was screaming at players. He was screaming at the coach. He throws his helmet. And then Travis Kelsey, during the game, uh, almost knocks his head coach over and screams in his face. And I will say, obviously, I don't know what it's like to play in a Super Bowl game. <laughs> there is insane pressure, and I get the passion and all that kind of behind it. Um, my thought is, and, and of course this related to, to Taylor Swift, you have a bunch of Swifties who are concerned about their relationship because even Andy Reid, you know, before the game said, Travis Kelsey's anger has been a problem for him. And um, especially his first year, he is hard to coach because he is very angry. And so you have people like, okay, is he going to be an abusive guy? Um, but I'm thinking of all this going on with our students watching this game. You know, mm-hmm. they worship Taylor Swift. Um, they love Travis Kelsey just by association with Taylor Swift. I mean, his jersey went through the roof. You have girls who don't even know about the NFL, but they love Travis Kelsey. And you have a guy literally almost knock his head coach over and is spitting from yelling in his face so violently how do we help our youth process this? Mm-hmm. Linda Kurt, who wants to jump mm-hmm. in on that? Yeah. I mean, cause uh, like some of what I'm thinking about as we talk about this, um, it's, you can look at the whole background of Taylor Swift's career and stuff. And so many of her songs are about breakups and uh, relationships that did not go well. Right. And it's just kind of the way that our human wiring works that, um, the more we're around, um, like 
I don't know, just situations that aren't good and people that don't have good character and stuff, the more that we might not realize like, hey, this isn't a healthy person because we just think that it's normal and we don't realize that something is wrong. And so I think there's a lot of room um, with not just Taylor Swift, but a a lot of people and the songs they write and whatever else to go like, oh, like there's some things you have not learned to discern about other people. And then you you know, think about the fact that so many girls are looking to her songs is like, this is the way that I navigate life. Somebody does me wrong and I write a song like Bad Blood about them. Or someone, you know, breaks my heart and I write a song like Dear John about them um, or whatever. And yeah, it's like we we have to help them process like, hey, what what is healthy and what's not in relationships And also, like, how do we handle things when there's conflict that comes up or um, when we notice, like, gosh, someone's treating me in a way that um, is not loving? Like, what do we do with that? Um, It takes a long time to learn those things and just giving them um, like like if someone has been in uh, even like abusive relationships or whatever just telling them like hey that's not healthy is not going to like get it in their head like they have to learn through experience and relationship what healthy relationships actually feel like in order to like be able to discern that kind of thing so it's not an easy process but um yeah there there's definitely a lot of students that um when they look up to things like this they they are I think their discernment goes down if they look up to someone like this and say, yeah, that, that is the way to do it. Well, I mean, nothing could be further. I mean, nothing could be a better example than that. We worship things that we really don't want. Um, I watched a documentary on Netflix recently. It was a 30 for 30 on Ric Flair. Who's a wrestler, right? A professional wrestler for a very long time. And Ric Flair embraced his persona as this, um, big money spending, um, kiss stealing, son of a gun. I mean, he's got all this, you know, and in the documentary, they talked about how people love that. They just, they, they loved it. And they, they, you know, they, but none of them wanted that really. And actually it's a really depressing documentary because all he was left with was that in the mm-hmm. end. It cost him his family. It cost him so much. And I mean, it's that, and kudos to the documentary makers for not turning away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we think about Taylor Swift. I, I want to take like the abuse angle out for just a second. We can come back to that. But like Taylor, to put it in, you know, five years ago slang, like Taylor Swift is not goals for our girls. Um, mm-hmm. that, that They don't, if you really broke it down about what they want, do they want to be a neurotic 30 something year old woman who has no children and um, is constantly um, who, who has a great career? No question, but that's all that she has. Uh, And, you know, she, she, she has clearly maybe Travis Kelsey is an unhealthy person, but she is clearly an unhealthy person too in a different way and and the way that her relationships have ended just give testimony to the fact that she maybe is the worst way worst person to model your life after if you want healthy relationships um uh she can't be the victim all the time so you know uh but uh but all that to say is that you know it's a reminder to our students that be careful what your aspirations are, right? Be careful what you, what you set as this is what I want out of my life. Because I think there's a lot of things about Taylor Swift's life that a lot of our girls do not want. Mm -hmm. And even though they would say that she is one of their heroes and there's that cognitive dissonance of that and helping them engage that without bashing her and making her like, that's a bad move. It's to say, well, Mm -hmm. you know, at the same time, we, you know, we need to be, we need to be holding up the truth of the gospel, um, yeah. even, even, and especially to the idols that are the most powerful in our lives. So, 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. Um, yes, I, I mean, not bashing. And because, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll go on record. I like Taylor Swift. I like a lot of her music. I like her, her lyrics. It's easy for us to mock something we don't understand, mm-hmm. you know? And my whole, I mean, my family likes Taylor Swift. And so it is not a good posture for me to take to just make fun of her and to, mm-hmm. to not. And, but also to, to say, Hey, look, I like this song, but I don't agree with its message and to point that out and to, to help my, my daughter specifically, like, Hey, we can enjoy the artist and we can enjoy some of it. But at the same time, we've got to be cautious of every message that, that we're listening to and taking in. And I think you're just bringing up a good point, Kurt, because many, I don't know if I should say many, but oftentimes as we're interacting with music and our children are interacting with it, they're not thinking about what they're absorbing and we've got to, we've got to help them with that. And that's true for parents, obviously true for youth workers, um, helping students. And again, not just mocking it, you know, if you're someone out there who just hates Taylor Swift and if you're just going to mock and belittle it, you're definitely going to uh, lose some of your voice with your students. So being cautious of that. And Hey, look, we do need to wrap this up. Kurt, how about last word? Linda, if you have some last things too, and we'll wrap it up. Well, I was just going to say one thing that I talk with my students about somewhat regularly is where, where would you like to be in 10 years? You know, if you're 17, when you're 27, what would your life, what would you hope that your life looks like? Okay. And you know, the more immature people are going to be like, I want to be like Elon Musk. Right. It's like, okay, well, good luck with that. You're going to need to bring your, math grade up significantly. But um but when we talk about like relationally, like what do you want in 10 years? Like where do you want to be spiritually? Where do you want to be relationally? You know, where do you see yourself? And then what are you doing right now that is putting you on the path to that? And sometimes what our students want, if you were to ask them and they're be honest, and what they have put before them as the ideal are so far apart from each other, right? They're so far apart from each other. And, um, you know, just, <laughs> uh, I think it's, I think it's healthy to, to try to get, it's hard to do that when you're young. It was certainly hard for me to do it. Um, but to ask yourself, look, what, where, where, what are you doing right now? That's heading, that's pushing you in a direction that to where you want to go. Um, and let's make sure that what we're what we're aiming for is where we want to hit, because um, we might hit the target. And if we're aiming for a bad one, you know, the bullseye wouldn't be fun. So anyway, that I'm rambling, but right, that's that's good. Linda, do you want to um, add anything as we close out? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I think girls really like, well, I'll say two things about Taylor Swift. Um, it like, there is something about, okay, like she, she is talented. And in, in one sense, I could say like, it's not surprising to me that anyone would worship another human being because we're image bearers of God. And so there Mm. is something that reflects God and is glorious, like in each of us, right? Like, and we're made to worship God and like, why not the closest thing to God, an image bearer. Um, But with Taylor Swift, not only her talent, like she appeals to um, like the, the way that a girl's internal thought process works. I remember Mm -hmm. years ago getting into a conversation with another female youth leader who said, Taylor Swift is just such a gift to youth leaders because she puts in words exactly how girls think mm. so well in her songs. And I was like, I think you're really onto something there. Like, yes. Like though, what, like some of her songs, I'm like, that's exactly what goes on in a girl's brain. Um, and girls. Um, and I think especially this generation, I've read a lot about like Gen Z loves love. And they're probably going like there's probably going to be a lot of things that change about like dating apps and like other things as they age up and whatever. But Taylor Swift writes so much about love. And it's interesting up until the Super Bowl, when I would see things written about um, Taylor and uh, Travis's relationship, it was all positive. And it was like, wow, like we 
we're so happy for Taylor. We're seeing our girl like thrive in finally a healthy relationship. And like, this is what it's like when she finally ends up with a good guy who treats her the way that she should be treated. And so I was actually really surprised when after the game, there were these things I was coming across on social media about like, oh, he has anger issues. I was like, oh, I have not paid that close attention. I didn't know this is also true of him. Um, but I think it's kind of to Kurt's point, like girls are worshiping Taylor and, and they love love and all this stuff, but they're not looking at, but what's the, like, what's the outcome of her way of approaching love is, is not, it's it's that she ends up in a string of unhealthy relationships and breakups. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so, uh, that's, that's not, if if teenagers thought through it, that's not really what they want. Um, but it's really hard to to see that, um, you know, on your own if you don't have someone help you process through it. Yeah, no, Linda, that is really insightful. Um, and there's there's a lot more there, and there's so much more we could talk about. But we are way over time. But uh, Linda, Kurt, this has been fun just talking about all things Super Bowl, and uh, see you guys soon. Mm-hmm.